This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You know, the union is is a institutionalized, uh, uh, the union is racist in itself. Um, I remember I took a union president to the airport. I was given the privilege as an organizer to take the union, the international union president to the airport. And the things he said to me in that car. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. This episode of Crossing Division is going to be great. I'll just tell you now. I have with me today Desiree Wilkins-Finch, Desiree, who I got to know when she was working with Fuse, but she's now working more in the consulting field, doing some other work. But we're going to talk about not only some of the advertisements and mailers that have gone out on campaigns this year, 2020, specifically legislative and congressional campaigns, but the particular challenges that I see um, in negative campaigning that some of the black women candidates have been dealing with and and some of the other um, women of color. And Desiree is going to be so great on that. So Desiree, tell me, first of all, a little bit about what your consulting is now and what you're working on. Okay, go on, Auntie Ab, uh, 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 the support and advocate. I want to be an ally. Uh, thank okay, you for that. Very good. Yes. Yes. The reason why I'm saying thank you for that is because more often than not, people want to talk about my nine to five, which is that sound outreach, and not give space for me to talk about the consulting. So thank you for giving uh, me space to talk about the consulting first. Um, so I started a firm about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, just woke up and was like, I got to choose me. I'm, you know, going through as my friend says, the longest divorce known to man. <laughs> And woke up and just decided to, to start choosing myself. And so um, I was having a hard time transitioning into the world of organizational development, which is a very white male dominated field. And um, uh, just created my own lane, was actually working with um, the Lena from more campaigns. And she said, look, it was a white lady. She said, look, all you got to do is get the LLC and I, I sing the client. And I was like, it's just that simple. And she said, yeah, it's just that simple. And Pat and Annie from um, Coleman and Associates, they used to be the uh, uh, CEO and vice president of Northwest Leadership Foundation. I know you didn't ask all this, but this is No, no, I want to hear it. Uh, From the Northwest Leadership Foundation, they paid for my business license. And uh, 30 days later, three months later, I doubled my income. Wow. um, And created my own lane and got the support of community leaders sending me clients and then joined Leadership Tomorrow in Seattle and got a bunch of clients there. Um, but I was never a diversity, equity, inclusion consultant. but And I didn't want to be uh, because I felt that it would be tokenizing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you think just because I'm Black and articulate, I'm going to talk about diversity, right? Mm-hmm. And there was no way that I could talk about, talk about organization development, change management, leadership development, and not talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and so that's how I made the transition into DEI work. Um, I'm working on a few certificate. I have a master's from Seattle University. I feel like I have to give a disclaimer as to why I'm good at what I do, because people don't just trust that as a black woman, I'm good at what I do. So I'll tell you, not only am I impactful and have great personality, I'm also, also got paper. Um, so I have a master's from Seattle University in leadership development with an emphasis in marriage and family therapy. Um, and you'll see in the world of OD that there's a lot of overlap between marriage and family therapy and um, in organization development. Um, so I do that. I did that. And then I have a few certifications that I'm still completing, one from Harvard, one from um, Cornell, one from uh, University of Philadelphia. So I'm trying to, you know, get my paper so that I can uh, uh, be out here working and, and, and making an impact. So that's what I do, diversity, equity, inclusion, change management, leadership development, strategic plans. Um, some of my clients just recently, the IF project, um, I have, I've had contracts with different departments in King County, uh, in Pierce County, uh, City of Tacoma, City of Seattle. Um, Molly Moon is one of my favorite clients. Molly is amazing ally and advocate in Seattle. Um, so yeah, that's Good. what I do. I'm and so I just glad. got a clinic position at University of Washington teaching race and social justice in the Department of Public Health. So, wow. 
So he's I, working, y'all. I am so thrilled. I am so thrilled to hear all of that because let me tell you, you are one of the people that I always think of when I want to have a thoughtful discussion Aww. about politics and race, especially because you every time, Desiree, every time you say something that just, you know, off the top of your head, you'll say something and it's like, huh. I, I have never thought about that. And I'll tell you recently when we, cause we were chatting on Facebook after mm-hmm. you had a really negative incident in, in um, I think down in um, Lakewood. And, uh, and I was asking, well, was this a, was this a white man or a black man? And you said it was a black man, which and I said, well, that kind of surprises me. And you said, well, you need to understand, you know, these men are dealing with sort of systemic racism every day. And that often turns into, a hatred and a violence towards black women. Yes. Thought, no shit. That is absolutely, I can absolutely yes. see that. But I'd never thought of that before, Desiree. So yes. every time I talk to you, you say something yes. and I think, huh. Yeah. Well, hallelujah. I hope I can say yeah. something today. But no, I hope I you do. Black women are the most hated creature in the world. And I and I and I used to struggle saying that, especially in the room of Muslim women or especially in the room of, you know, women from from anywhere in the in in, in the world that that struggle with with excuse me, with the, the, the matriarchy and, and violence towards women and all of that. I struggle with saying that. But I feel really confident in saying it these days because it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, when I shared that story, what happened is I saw a, a woman getting beaten up and I and I watched it because I didn't want to call the police on him. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you hear that? I did not want to call. I'd rather see this woman get beat up than see this man potentially get killed by the police because I called him, right? So I watched it and I discern, I trusted my discernment and I decided to call the police when I felt like it was right. And this man spit in my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, first of all, he charged across the street once I yelled out to her, okay, I'm calling police now. He charged across the street to beat me up. And he was bigger than me. I'm a big girl. I'm six feet, 250. And he was way bigger than I was. And he had rings on every finger. And he was clearly irate and, and wanted to, to cause harm. And so when he saw that I wasn't scared, I was I was definitely scared. But now I knew, Doug, I knew I wasn't going to take him. But Doug, I knew it was going to look like he had been in a fight. He, I was going to hurt him. I wasn't going to win. But I was prepared. <laughs> I was prepared to make it look like he had been in a scuffle. Um, but once I shared that story, y'all, when I shared that he was a black man, do you know all of the support, all of the, the let's figure out how we stick, stick it to him, it went away. Yeah. And I, I felt a bit like, yeah. well, there's nothing I can do. So, but if, if the situation had been different, I would have got a different support. So once, once people found out it wasn't a white man, they said, well, you figure that out. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause we don't want to touch that. It's interesting. So, anyway. Black yeah. woman and I swear. As a matter of fact, and then I'm gonna stop rambling. I have a book sitting right here that I bought for a friend to talk about that very thing. A, a taste, taste of power. power. A black woman's story, Elaine Brown, who was uh, a, a part of the Black Panther movement. The Black Panther movement, amazing movements. Amazing, but there was still rape. There was still uh, abuse towards black women, even in the midst of that. And we can't talk about that because if we talk about that, it takes away, you know, from the the, the great things that the, the Black Panther did. But if we don't talk about this, then these habits continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, we could talk all about that, frankly. But but let's let's shift focus to these uh, political campaigns. We have a record number of Black women and women of color running this year in Washington, which is wonderful. Um, but it's also, I think, um, causing people to show themselves and to show how pervasive racism really is. And the, my first, um, example is a mailer that was sent out in the 28th legislative district in the Senate campaign, uh, Steve Oban, Republican incumbent in the Senate is being challenged by Twana Nobles, a Democrat, who is a Black woman. She is the CEO of Tacoma's Urban League, and she's been very active um, in Tacoma politics and in her neighborhood in Fircrest. She is on the University Place uh, school board. And this mailer, the text of it was actually pretty innocuous and pretty typical. It was, you know, it was a mailer put out by a a political action committee and it sort of said 
basically, you know, here's your choice. Twana Nobles wants to, you know, she's in favor of this tax and that tax and this other tax. Steve Oban is against these taxes and you'll be keeping your money. You won't be taxed. Standard. Mm -hmm. But the pictures. Yeah. Steve Oban had a picture where he was in color. I thought he looked a little bit lighter than his actual skin tone. Because when I've seen him out and about, he he has a little more tan than that. Mm -hmm. Twana's picture was not only in black and white, but it had been darkened. Darkened, yeah. So that her skin tone was particularly dark. Mm-hmm. And it it um, jumped out at me because as it happens, she is not a particularly dark-skinned black woman. And um, it, it hardly even looked recognizable. Mm-hmm. And so the thought, and, the, and it turned out when I did, and so I started doing research into, you know, who funded this. And what I found out was that it was funded by the, political action committee that is the senate republican caucus campaign committee so the actual senate republicans funded this the work was done out of out of a you know um groups in dc did the design work did the printing but it was the state republicans who were behind this funding and a lot of corporates corporate entities had put their money into this pack you know microsoft put in uh twenty thousand um Real estate agents put in a whole big whack. Of money. Mm, I saw that, and I thought, you know, what what is going on here? <laughs> what is what is going on here, Desiree? When we see something like that, what is going on is people are racist. That's what's going on, and um, why are we surprised? And Evelyn, this ain't no shade to you, auntie. Mm-hmm. But why are we surprised that they did this? Like this ain't the first time that this has happened, and it's not going to be the last time, right? And then, so you you hit the nail on the head when you said the first thing I did was I looked at the bottom, right, of the flyer to see who paid for it, and that's a tool, that's a resource, right, <clears throat> that we have to let our community know about before we start you know, flipping tables over, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need to, we need to, to find out who paid for it. Now, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a group of folks who flip tables over and there's a group of folks who do policy and grassroots stuff, right? I've done both. Um, I've, I do it at the same damn time. But so I, I don't, I want to make sure I'm saying we flip tables over and that's necessary. And we need to talk about who paid for it. Mm-hmm. Right. We need to know that when we see these flyers, y'all, if we read it, Read the small print at the bottom. We know who the culprit is. But it doesn't stop there. We got to do a little, little bit more things. We got to follow. Find out who's involved. Find out who gave money. Who's a part of that act. We have to follow the money. Before we boycott, before we protest, and that, we have to follow the money so that we can have more focused protests, so we can have a more focused and structured and organized way we combat. So now that I know Microsoft put in 20,000, I know the realtors put in 20,000. Now I'm going to call my friends at Microsoft and say, hey, let me tell y'all what your company is doing. Mm-hmm. Right. I, now I can call my realtor friends. I call Anders. Anders, are you a part of this? What the hell? Yeah. And are you a part of this? What the, what the shit? What are we going to do? How are we going to let them know that they don't represent our values? Mm-hmm. Like, is there, is there a, is there a, 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 an endorsement committee that you could sit on? Like, how does, figure out how to, we are stronger together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the universe has been pushing and pushing and pushing for us to see this to the point that the universe, well, I believe it's God, shut this whole shit down. And mm-hmm. said, we cannot move until you begin to trust and lean on each other. We have to trust each other's capacity. I have to trust that when I pick up a phone and I call my girlfriends who are directors and leaders at Microsoft and I say, what is really the commitment to anti-Blackness? If they're holding a retreat to talk about anti-Blackness, but funding acts like this, that Mm -hmm. is not a commitment to anti-racism or anti-Blackness. So I have to trust that that the extension of my relationships, they're going to do what they're supposed to do and hold their their employers or their partners accountable. But we must follow the money. And, And I feel like I feel like Evelyn, you could just have a nonprofit on your own, just exposing the depth of how the money works in in politics. Because if we do not understand that, we will continue to fail. There are training pro. There are not a lot of training programs mm-hmm. out here for for Black women specifically to learn how to run a campaign or to to, to as a candidate or as a as a staffer. 
And in those training programs are the opportunities to learn about fundraising, to learn about uh, door knocking, to learn about the process of how to run a campaign, to learn about PACs. There are candidates, oh my God, I love them dearly who are running who don't even understand this. Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody got to tell, I can't do it. Every time I have a vision or idea, don't mean the hell damn I want to run it or leave. Right. right? But I just wish somebody could just be the voice of let's follow the money and let's just have a podcast on nothing but where the money is. So mm-hmm. we can know who the fuck to boycott. So we can know who to be angry at. I feel like well, we're angry at everybody. This is the thing. I mean, this is the thing that actually got me. And I and I put it all out on Twitter and I tr- and I called out all of the people who had funded this pack. But he still got crickets back. You know, I don't have those connections inside to make that to make that happen. Um and at the end of the day, then I can understand Microsoft saying, look, yeah, we're going to give 20,000 to the Republican Senate campaign committee. And we're going to give another 20,000 to the Democratic Senate campaign committee. We want everyone to take our calls when we when we call them up. So at the end of the day, then there are no consequences for using race in this manner, because the the message behind that darkened picture of Tuana was you can't trust her. She's not one of us. This person looks slightly suspicious. Yeah. You know, it was a, it's a negative picture. And, and I think on the one hand, people say, yeah, but that always happens in politics. Uh But you know what? I mean, that's what we used to say about sexual harassment and the casting couch and, you know, white police officers, manhandling and choking black men. I mean, yeah, this stuff is not new. But how does it stop if we don't stand up and make some demands? You know what, Evelyn? I feel like my community has been trying to stand up with nooses on their necks, with Mm -hmm. feet on their necks, right? We have been trying to do that. And I am saying I am done trying to do it. Evelyn, I love you. I respect you, but you do it. Mm -hmm. Doug, you do it. Y'all got it. We can't. I see even today I was on Facebook, which I feel like I just need to delete Facebook altogether. And a friend who I love dearly fighting with racist friends and family still like. I don't even chime anymore, like you got to do it and no, you're not going to get an award and no, you're not going to get patted on your back every time you do it. So Leadership Tomorrow um, is a leadership group similar to ALF here in Tacoma, but it's in, in Seattle. And I just finished that. And I was one of the graduation speakers. And I wrote the speech that morning. Mm-hmm. But it was so honest and true and real. I wish I send you a link if you want to see it. But I talked about the exhaustion that Black people are feeling, right? And the exhaustion for me, as I see it, and I'm not a spokesperson for the African diaspora. I'm a spokesperson for me. And I'm just telling you my experience and what I think. Um, the exhaustion for me when George Floyd died, because my mother cried and I didn't understand it at first. But as I talked to her and I listened to stories about my grandmother who picked cotton, right, because her father was a slave who became a sharecropper. My great grandfather was a slave who became a sharecropper. So if my great grandfather, I digress for just a second. If my great grandfather was a slave who became a sharecropper, what does that make your great granddaddy? Yeah. Somebody's great granddaddy was a slave owner. Absolutely. Right? Like, we don't want to talk about that. But anyway, I gave this this speech talking about the exhaustion that Black people uh, are, that I am facing as a Black woman in America, because I was socialized and taught behaviors to be tolerable in white spaces. Mm -hmm. And now the gig is up. Mm -hmm. Right? We have been, we have been our, 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 our tone of voice our body language so so white people can feel safe, mm-hmm. our tone of voice so so we can be articulate to the white palate. You know, all of this stuff I was taught. And so now black folks are in a relearning. We're, we're like, to hell with this. I want to be authentically who I am as a black woman everywhere I go, just like you can be as a white woman, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this exhaustion. And mm-hmm. so, so I can only imagine how Tawana feels. I can only imagine how Victoria feels because the same shit happened to Victoria. Yes. It happens to every black candidate, uh, 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 Senator Harris. It happened mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. And she commands respect and presence and it happened to her. 
Right. And it's going to happen here in Tacoma until people like you stand up until until uh, people like our governor stand up to people, to white people who are in in, in a serious position of power and privilege, stand up and say no. Mm -hmm. That means crossing the, 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 the party line. Shit. That means doing it within the party line. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me ask you this. I agree with you completely. I think this is a, um, well, I would say, I mean, the, the Senate Republicans are 100% white. I think the organization is 100% white. Um, and that is definitely a white person's obligation, I think, to take that issue on. But I will say I, uh, and I'm willing to, but I hesitate. Because I don't want, I don't, I also am trying to be mindful of the fact that I don't want to center this discussion on me. You know, this isn't about white guilt or white, you know, wanting to be uh, woke and wanting to be seen as an ally and all of that. So, so how do you uh, sort of um, finesse that one of wanting to be the ally, take the issue to the people who need to address it and hold them accountable? Yeah. Without turning it into a, you know, I'm being a white savior. Right, right, right. Um, So two things. A, you're not a white savior. That's not just who you are, Evelyn. So Mm -hmm. you can just stop saying that because that's not who you are. (laughs) There's there's white folks out here who, you know, shall remain nameless Mm -hmm. that they got to have on a cape every day. Yeah. Or they're not significant. Right. Like poor them. Right. But here's the deal. The reason why it was so easy for Oban's team to say, I think it was Oban's team who said she's or uh, he's one of us. Was that Steve Oban's team? No, that that's, that was the, that's the next one. That's okay. the yeah, um, Charlotte Mena. Yeah, Mena. And, um, and, and also, um, who is the black man? His name is uh, escaping right now, running for re-election in the thirtieth. He took uh, Christine Reeves' position. This is me getting old. I've forgotten his name. Anyway, he is facing a campaign where it's sort of like he doesn't share our values. You know, those sort of code words for he's an outsider. He's not an outsider. He is black and a white man, white middle-aged man is running against him. Right. Absolutely. I'm trying to see who it is. It's not pulling up. Um, But the reason why these campaigns are able to say this is because the, the folks on the campaign running all of them are not naturally in relationship with uh, POC and specifically black people. So right. of course they can say things like this because they don't know that this is freaking insane and racist because they're not mm-hmm. authentically in relationship with the other. Right. And so um, through the work that I, I've been doing, you know, here in, in Tacoma, I can't believe it's only been four years. I feel like I've been here a lifetime. It's only right. been four years. Um, through the work that I've done here, just just being in, in Tacoma and Washington, um, uh, is trying to be authentically in relationship with people whose values aren't aligned with mine. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe, and maybe, you know, this is me just being, you know, uh, optimistic <laughs> and naive, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe that if I can be in relationship with the other, through authenticity, through a sharing of beliefs and values and behaviors, um, we can both learn how to better serve the other, right? And and it's crazy because on one hand, it's like, you can't believe that there's white folks out here that don't believe that they're racist. But there are. Yeah. What if? <laughs> yeah. What if they really don't believe that they're racist? What if they don't know? Mm-hmm. Because they're not in a relationship. Well, they can turn on the TV. Yeah, but your TV, you watch what, what, you, what is a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. If you're a racist, you probably watch Fox News. Shit, so of course you don't right. know. You know right. what I'm saying? So I have really been trying to be in a relationship with it. And it's challenging because it, mm-hmm. it's very hurtful. Because I'm like, how could you not know? Right. But but um and Evelyn, I'm not in no stretch of imagination insinuating that you have relationships with Republicans, but more <laughs> <laughs> more I likely have very many to be honest. <laughs> but more likely than not, you probably have access, more access, greater access to that world than than yeah. I would. I could so definitely, for, I definitely could have that access. Yeah. Yeah. So for me to easy. do it mm-hmm. would be that exactly would be extremely difficult, exhausting. It wouldn't end well for anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but, you know, for you know, folks like you who, who work in, in, in amazing offices and under amazing leaders, you have the access. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Let's talk about one of the other campaigns that came up, and The Stranger did an article on this about a week ago, um, talking about the Twana Nobles uh, mailer, but also mm-hmm. talking about the language that was used in a mailer uh, in the legislative race in the 29th Legislative District. And this one is Steve Kirby, mm-hmm. incumbent Democrat, been there a long time, is being challenged by a, a younger uh, Latina woman, Charlotte Mena. Mm-hmm. And the language that is in the pro Kirby mailer is that she's only lived in the district for a year. Yeah. And it calls her a carpetbagger. Yeah. And um, when this was brought to his attention, he claimed that he was not aware of the definition of carpetbagger. He didn't understand that it had, you know, racial um, overtones. Steve uh, Kirby, that's you, as my father would say, you will lie. Well, it's one of those interesting things, isn't it? It's sort of like either you are really stupid and poorly educated, Uh which which is not a bonus point to my Uh mind, or you damn well do know and you're fibbing now, right? Absolutely. So let's so so carpetbagger. Here's the thing for those of you who may not know, and let me tell you, I'll tell you where I learned it first. When I was Uh very very young, I read Gone with the Wind, and I have to tell you. I love that book because it was so dramatic. And uh-huh. now when I look at that story and I just think, holy crap, how did my mother even allow me to read that? Yeah. But anyway, the carpetbaggers were the uh, Republicans, the Northerners who came to town to the South after the war. And from you know the Gun with the Wind perspective, they were outsiders. They wanted to ruin things. What were they doing? Well, here's the truth. They came in to try to create more equality and try to protect the black population, the formerly enslaved people who were just going to be back in exactly the same horrible situations if the federal government didn't try to do something to protect them. So that's what carpetbaggers called so because they were often carrying, you know, those bags made of carpet material with their goods. Um, To use that terminology today on a young woman of color who yeah. is a you know who is Hispanic whose parents are migrant farm workers, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, reckless and racist. It's very it's reckless. It's racist. It's like either you are being particularly thoughtless mm-hmm. that you're raising this implication of her being an outsider, not wanted here, not welcome in this community, or you're being very intentional. Oh, I, I, and, and, and here's the deal: is we always want to give so much grace for it. Mm-hmm. No, there's there's no grace. It's racist. Yeah. And it's racist that you allowed it to happen. It didn't say anything. Just like, you know, people talk during Victoria's campaign, people talk about how much they love Jim Merritt and how great mm-hmm. Jim Merritt is. Yeah, but when there was racist attacks going against Victoria, he didn't say anything. He, did not say he anything. became a mute. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, oh, that makes you racist. So because it's like you, right. you are. And I and I don't know Steve Kirby. I don't know Oban either. I don't know them. Um, I don't have any reason to. You know, mm-hmm. they've never reached out to me, and I really had no reason right. to reach out to them to do anything right. Um, but you racist. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, how how can you get around the fact that if you are allowing well, one, if you're promoting racism, I mean, if that's mm-hmm. your campaign filing, yep. you're mm-hmm. racist. Yep. If you are condoning it mm-hmm. or allowing it to happen or benefiting from it, mm-hmm. you're racist. You're racist. And here's here's something else that people ain't gonna be ready for. If you don't say shit, mm-hmm. you're racist, mm-hmm. right? Especially now in the midst of a revolution, right? Right, where we're saying outwardly, silence, right? Not voting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is a vote mm-hmm. for the other. Yeah, it's just absolutely. that's that's it, and that's all. That's right. All right, let's so, take a. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 I was just gonna say there's there's to me, you know, we can drop the mic. They're racist. Mm-hmm. They're racist. And 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 you know, we are very uh uh sophisticated and thoughtful people here in Tacoma. We should be able to put our heads together and uh figure out how to combat this. Mm-hmm. We really should. Because mm-hmm. I'm 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 done. Mm-hmm. This I was pissed, you know, and I haven't been it, you know, because of COVID, I haven't in the been in the greatest financial position to um, give to campaigns. And I've been right. my brain trying to figure out, like, I want to be able to show my support for Tawana. Um, and so, because I've, I've, Evelyn, I've backed out of politics a lot because I don't think, I don't think folks are ready for, for the, the, 
the bluntness of my of my truth, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've been backing slowly out of it. But doing this was my way, and I'm not trying to get no credit, street credit. Doing this was my way of like showing my support for Tawana. Because I don't even think I can vote for her. But um, I still, wherever I see a Black sister, I want them to win. You Mm -hmm. know, even though I am supporting Phil Gardner, that's because I said I was going to support him before the revolution started. And I love Marilyn. She's amazing. But she, you know, ain't the most progressive person in the world either. But I love her. She's Mm -hmm. great. But anyway, that's it. This is me showing my support for her. Good. Well, I think we need it. I think we need this discussion. So we're going to take a break here. And we come back, then let's talk about the Marilyn Strickland mailer, because that one, I think, is even more interesting to me uh, in how white people on social media reacted when I pointed out that uh, her photo had been shopped to make her look older, maybe fatter, more careworn, more wrinkled, less appealing. Yes. We'll be right back. That was bogus. Hi, I'm Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, We Art Tacoma. And I've been a member of TAPCO Credit Union since I was a kid, really. My parents set up a savings account for me, and I've had that account with them ever since. In fact, my first credit card wasn't from a big bank, it was from TAPCO, and I still have that too. What I appreciate about TAPCO is they are intensely local. Just like Channel 253, TAPCO keeps its focus on Tacoma and Pierce County. They have easy-to-reach branches and ATMs in the Tacoma area, and when I don't want to drive, I just use their online or mobile banking. To this day, TAPCO helps parents teach kids good savings habits. The Moolah Kids Club teaches kids about savings, not only through interest on their money, but with special prizes and discounts at local attractions. So if you want to help your kids start a savings account the same way my parents did, check out our local credit union at tapcocu.org. My thanks to TAPCO for their support of this podcast and Channel 253. Hi, we're back. So before we pick up this discussion again, I want to um, urge those of you who are not members of Channel 253 to consider becoming a member. It's $4 a month, uh, $40 a year. And one of the things that I have really appreciated about Channel 253 not only do we have different voices and different perspectives that you may not get, you won't get them, frankly, you won't get them in the local newspaper, and you may not get them on a regular radio station, um, but we have a particular Tacoma focus. And I think um, during times of trouble, which are the times we are living in, mm-hmm. having some places to go to hear what local people think about local issues is very valuable. So I hope you'll join me in supporting Channel 253. So, Desiree. The last mailer I want to talk about was one that was put out by a union. It's put out by United Food and Commercial Workers PAC, their Working Families uh, Project. And it is against Marilyn Strickland, who's running for the 10th Congressional District in Washington as a Democrat. And again, what was interesting to me is the text of the mailer is I think fair game. It says, you know, she wasn't, you know, wasn't a friend of $15 an hour wages, you know, and various other labor issues. But the picture they used when I blew it up had obviously been um, shaded in a way to make her look very much older, more tired, uh, darker, and uh, you know, and a person who sent it to me said they thought that it had been shaded to make her look sort of fatter in her face. Well, having a rather plump face myself, I didn't really see that too much, right. but I thought it's not accidental. I mean, of these not. are these are things that we play on. It's these subliminal messages that say, don't vote for her. Look how unattractive this woman is. Don't vote for her. She's a fat woman. Don't vote for her. She's got wrinkles. Don't vote for her. She's not smiling. She has an unattractive face, and that's not what we want. You know, we want to see someone who is beautiful and smiling and effervescent and young. And I just thought, this is so much bullshit. But what was very interesting to me was, so I also posted it out on Twitter and then moved it over to Facebook. So many local people, particularly white people locally, those uh, particularly who have strong feelings about the LNG plant, methanol, and so on 
would say things like, A, they, they challenged me. This was not Photoshop. Prove it. It was. Um, and secondly, a couple of people said she deserves it. <sighs> yeah. See? So here's the thing. Here's the thing, Desiree. This to me was like a big mind blowing, you know, bam. So what you're saying, so, so where does that go? Is someone you don't like, a black woman running for office that you don't like, anything is fair game? Could you call her the N-word? Could you do any? I mean, it's like, you trying to instigate to make me go fight somebody. That's just- <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, I was just blown away. It was like, oh. I, I did not expect this. I mean, I, there's bad blood in Tacoma over environmental stuff down at the port. I know that very damn well. I didn't, I expected people to say, I don't like her. I'm yeah. not voting for her, but this tactic is not good. But no. If I can, yeah, there's one thing here. Um, one of those people that you were engaged with on that thread um, has a recorded statement in writing um, calling Marilyn a chocolate covered scorpion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so, so I thought, wow. This, this is to me, this was like, Another really good example or bad example of the systemic racism. So, so because I've been triggered, I'm gonna yeah, please. I'm gonna be try to be cool. Um, my first question is, how did the community go after them for saying those clearly racist things? No, nobody. Um, so that's the first thing, right? Is that how do we? get back on that thread and I have no problem. Well, you know what I do? I'm not going to do that because I have a headache and I, I don't have the capacity. You don't need that. You don't need that. Don't need this that. Is, and again, this is white people, mm-hmm. a white woman like me, bringing mm-hmm. an issue out saying, look, I have some expertise in campaign issues. This is a problem. A problem for misogyny, women, you know, and a problem race issue. And if this is trying to make her look plump when she's not, this is a fat phobic issue too. I bring it forward. And I have people who I know, white people, saying she gets what she gets. I don't care. Well, I'm from the south side of Chicago. Like those are fighting words. A chocolate covered scorpion. And and I, I'm like I said, I'll i I'm supporting Phil Gardner. You know, I've worked with Phil Gardner. I think he's great. Um, um and I wanted to support him, you know, early on. And uh, and, I, and it's funny because I always tell people, why don't y'all wait to see filing date to see who's running before you you know <laughs> but um yeah. i'm supporting phil because his values are aligned with mine mm-hmm. you okay sorry um and so uh uh, uh, uh i don't necessarily and, agree with a I lot said, of her yeah and i said the same thing you know when i put it out there i said actually i mean i've actually endorsed and given money to um beth dolio already yeah you know, so I'm not supporting Maryland in this race, although I don't live in that district, so I'm not right. voting in that race anyway. But still, I can say this tactic diminishes all of us. It is not okay to do this. So I'm 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 struggling to say this, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Who did you say pay for that? This is actually UFCW out of their out of their Washington D.C. Um, offices, right, uh, right, right. and you know, and I will say, since it's a federal campaign, it's really hard to get details on where the money came from, uh, because right, right. you know FEC uh, just doesn't keep the detail that the mm-hmm. Public Disclosure Commission does. Right, right, right. Um, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I'm not going to, because I've, I've worked for the union for 10 years. I've organized all across the country. I've organized in over 18 states, um, so so in uh, hundreds of cities. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You know, the union is is a institutionalized, uh, uh, the union is racist in itself. Um, I remember I took a union president to the airport. I was given the privilege as an organizer to take the union, the international union president to the airport. And 
the things he said to me in that car. Mm. Um, both as a woman and a black woman was very difficult for me. And I've never told anybody the things he said because I knew there was shit. That's what the union does, right? right. I have stories, okay? But I've also signed documents. Hey, hold up. Just hang out back there for me, okay? I'm also parenting. Um, anyway, this union president said to me, I'll make you a union president tomorrow. That's what you want, but not up here. You want to be a union president? I got to make you a union president where the people look like you. You want to be a union president? I'll take you down down south, you know, and uh, or an urban place, you know. And I struggle with that because I said, I can lead anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. They don't have to look like me for me to lead. You know, what does that say about your your understanding of black leadership if you think people got to be black in order for me to lead them? Um, and, it, and even when I think about my, uh, the things that I've done as an organizer and the racist shit that's been said to me, of course I believe that, that this was intentional, right? And uh, I'm upset that um, no one stopped it. Because there's a plethora of, of Black people who I love and support who work for UFCW, work for SEIU, work for, for great, you know, organi- some of these great local organizations. Um, but the union is racist. And, and we're not we're not ready to talk about that. We're not ready to talk about, you know, studies that have been done to show the systemic racism within the, within the union and what the union does within communities. Mm-hmm. Because the union is great. It, it makes sure people have benefits and blah, 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 all of that. Great. Yay. Wonderful. But it's the same yeah. thing with, with the Black Panther movement. There was still rape and, and abuse yeah. that was happening to women. So, of course, they did this. My question is, who was going to hold them accountable? Mm-hmm. Not it. Right. I've signed too many agreements. I can't say anything. I think, and, and in this case, uh, SEIU also ran an ad, an online ad that used the same picture, but put a sweater on uh, Marilyn to, you know, to fit with their theme of, of their online uh, campaign. I, I do not know if any local um, people were involved in it. I think it's very likely that this was all coming out of DC. Um, but it doesn't end there. You know, it doesn't end with the mailer. The mailer is the beginning of the discussion of why is this okay? You know, everything in this mailer is is valid to say, why did you use, why did you choose to use this picture? What was your intent? Because it's not accidental. So your intent, your intent was to make this black woman, this Mm -hmm. nice looking black woman Mm -hmm. look horrible. Yep. Why? Why was that what you wanted to do? And Mm -hmm. is that something you need to think about and not do in the future? Absolutely. And and I, I believe they, they, that's what happens. That's that's what happens to black women. They critique how we look and they critique how we speak. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and those are the challenges that that black women face, you know, going into politics, you know, fundraising. Fundraising is different. Right. They don't right. see us as viable candidates. Door knocking. Is I've had guns pulled on me. I've had um, a dog sicked on me. I've had uh, uh, water uh things turned on me. Um, uh, Chit Joy, she don't even door knock by herself and get Harvard. She don't even door knock in her own area. Well, she's had a, he, she had a gun pulled on her. Some guy yeah. came to the door with a gun in her face. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and then when it comes to, to public interface, we get criticized for what we wear. Mm-hmm. We get criticized for our hair. Mm-hmm. Um, we get criticized for the tone of our voice. This is, this is what I'm talking about, the exhaustion. That yeah. shit is exhausting to be tolerable on white folks' palates. It's, it's, it's exhausting. And here's what I know about Maryland. Maryland don't give a shit. Right. Maryland is a leader. And whether you agree with her or not, she's going to continue to lead and she's going to continue to do what she thinks is best for her constituents. So the mailer ain't taking away any votes from Maryland. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it's not hurting her. Um, for, from that, that perspective, she has a... a, a, a a long history of, of leadership. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with everything, but you right. know, I, I wouldn't want to be in relationship with friends with people who agree with everything I did either. 
Um, but I have the utmost respect for her. And I think that that's unfortunate that, that happened. And, um, but, but here's the thing. She, I've tried to create coalitions with the union and her and the union wasn't with it. Mm. Talking about other shit. Like, so, so you're mad because I'm not going to give you what you want. So you're not going to deal with me at all. Right. That, that type of myopic thinking that the union can sometimes do is, is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. And, and I, I just hate that that happened to Marilyn, but I think she's going to be fine. Have you yeah. talked to Marilyn or Tawana? I'm curious. No. Yeah. No. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I would have to say one of the other things that I sort of felt after looking at all these issues was that um, campaign mailers, mailer centers houses probably are not an effective communication tool in any way. Um, I had any number of people say, I mean, first of all, it was hard for me to get a hard copy of the mailer with Oban and Twana on it because, um, I don't know, you know, the, the one person who I knew had it, got it to me, but I tried to get another copy and I couldn't right. get one. It's not like it's coming to my house. <laughs> it, I don't know who they right. sent it to, but I think most people just toss them straight into the recycling bin. So I don't know how effective these are as a campaign yeah. communication tool, but I will tell you this, they tell me something about the people who are putting the money into Absolutely. these campaigns. And those Absolutely. are the people that I agree need to be held accountable yeah. when they're engaging in this type of behavior. Yeah, I agree. I, and you, I don't know who holds them accountable. I mean, I can start and I'm more than willing to, but um, and maybe you just start with what you have and see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I think we, you, I think we, we have a tendency to overthink things, right? Like it doesn't have to be some laid out campaign and with, with impacts and outcomes. That's all this white supremacist ideologies of looking at how to make change happen. It just, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Like what's just the next step we can take? And it really could be just having, a, gaining an understanding of how um, money flows in political mm-hmm. campaigns. And I don't know if there's any simple um, quick minute, 90 second video that can explain that. So that could be where we start is how do we explain it in layman terms so that we can take it to the black collective so that we can take it to the NAACP so that we can take it to Latino Unidos of South Sound so that we can take it to uh, KWA or take it to uh, uh, Lua Pritchard in the Asian Pacific Culture Center and talk about Hey, we got to understand this because currently I, I made a note because I wanted to say this currently. Well, no, as of 20, 2018, there has never been a black woman elected as governor. Currently, there are four percent of four percent of Congress and the state legislature is made up of under four percent of black women. Mm-hmm. Like those numbers are insane. Yeah, I mean, it's it's minuscule. It's really, and these are. This is what I try to get get my uh, small world to understand. Who who is not attached to the establishment world is these are the people who are setting the laws. Mm-hmm. We spend so much time talking about these larger races that we're not talking about these smaller races and why it's important. Right? When I was working for Fuse, there was more energy put into the um, prosecutor's race than I care to ever do with that. I did not like that. That was mm-hmm. crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what if we put that same energy behind the sheriff's race? Interviewing candidates, like you made a post, I'm going to be interviewing these candidates. What questions should, should we be asking, right? Same thing with the judges. We don't dig into these smaller campaigns where, where our people, I'm talking about Black folks, are actually mm-hmm. the most affected by who we have in office. Um, so that could be a start is talking. How do we talk about it on a simple level mm-hmm. and take it to these organizations that are actually led and serving the communities we want to impact so that there's an understanding so that they can make a plan so that we can win and win big. Because there's we talk about the left and then we talk about the shit on the right. But there is a whole heap of people in the middle that we're just missing. And I think it's because of how we communicate. And there's enough communications directors and sophisticated thought partners in Tacoma. We can be the leaders on this in this community. I still believe in my soul, Evelyn. I have a dream of knocking every door in Tacoma. Mm -hmm. Just to tell folks what resources are out there. Because people don't know what they don't know. 
And we trust all of these systems set in place that are fucking racist in the first place. Right. Even how we how we create our packets to cut turf, um, mm-hmm. even the, the van pool itself, they're all racist. Because if, if I own the property, but a black person lives there, you're knocking my door and you're never talking to me. You're right. talking to the person. They're going to literally ignore this person who is living in my in my building because it's not me. Does that make sense? I know I'm not being clear yeah. because I'm getting worked up. But, but there's a way that we can really get to community if we just pause. Like the universe has stopped. Like, let's take this opportunity to rethink how we're showing up, rethink how we're talking about things and really come out of COVID with a plan. To mm-hmm. stop some of this bullshit that's happening, I'm just gonna say it to our black women. Yes, I'm just gonna say it. That doesn't mean I don't care about the other POC women. It doesn't mean yeah. I don't care about white women. It means today and forevermore, my focus on my sisters. That's it. And that's all. I think that's all you can do, right? And if you start there, you know, the benefits ripple out. I hope so. I, I make myself believe in this ripples to waves concept, but I hope so. But it sure takes a long time, doesn't it? It does, and I'm 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 tired. But I'm glad that Tawana's not tired. I'm glad that Marilyn isn't tired. I'm glad that Joy isn't tired. Did I miss anybody? Charlotte, Charlotte, and um, oh, Jamila yeah. in Federal Way. Ella, yeah, I'm glad they're not tired. Yeah, we've got some really good people running this year. Yes, and I and I hope I hope that they run and they run to win and they keep running to win. And I hope that, you know, some of our white leaders that have been great, I hope some of them are thinking about their succession plans and what women of color, what African American women they're gonna bring alongside them to replace them. Because it's time for some of them to go too. It is time. Tawana will be the only um African American senator. In the state yes. of Washington? Yes. We've had one before, Rosa Franklin. Uh, Rosa. Rosa Franklin. But that was it. But that was it. we got to do better. we got to do better. All right. Well, I will let you go, Desiree. I so appreciate you. And so appreciate the work you're doing. And Thank if you, you. And if you have any ideas, if I can ever be of any help, you know where I am. Yeah, send me clients. RiseLWP.com. Okay. <laughs> RiseLWP.com. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.